Hey, everyone out there in startup sports, betting, and uh, technology land. Hope all is well. Uh, we are recording this podcast uh, tonight, uh, 10, 15 or so p.m. on Wednesday night. I am your lovable, wonderful host, Mark Thomas, coming to you from beautiful Brickle in Miami, which is the new Silicon Valley and the new center for all things gaming and crypto. Uh, I have our favorite guest on the podcast today, Jess Udi, and we are going to talk some NFL football and maybe we'll get into a, a few other sports as well too, but we've got a big weekend coming up here today or this weekend, I should say, uh, uh, in the NFL. And we've got a lot to dive into. So without further ado, how is it going, Jess? It's great. It's great. Hit that uh, Raiders money line pick, baby. Did you follow my pick on uh, did you follow my pick on uh, on Sunday night for that on Twitter? Oh, come on, Mark. That was our pick. We did oh, okay. it on the well, 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 last week. That's right. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Hey, hey well, you got to give me some credit on that, too. I feel like we came up with this together. Come on. Yeah. Now. Well, so I, here's, here's, here's <laughs> let's, let's, let's actually dive into the picks for the weekend. So I tweeted out, if you were on Twitter, you would know this. Uh, but I tweeted out, <laughs> I tweeted out Broncos plus 10 and a half on Saturday. Hopefully you jumped on that and made some money. Uh, unfortunately, I picked uh, Rams. Uh, minus three on Sunday, and they should have had that. I mean, that was ridiculous that, that the Niners came back in that game. The Rams were up 17 nothing, but the rule there, of course, has never been on Matthew Stafford. Uh, and then I tweeted out uh, Raiders plus three and a half or plus three, whatever you got out there, and the money line. Uh, two units on two units on Raiders plus three and one unit on Raiders money line. So I forgot that we talked about Raiders money line, but yes, that was absolutely, definitely uh, – one of the picks this weekend. So uh, three, three out of four against the spread, essentially, uh, which is pretty damn good. Uh, should have been four to four. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know why people uh, look, let's just talk about that game. First of all, let's start off with that. Everyone's obviously dissected it to no end. Uh, the Raiders chargers game from Sunday night, but I think that has to be the wildest, craziest regular season game that I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was, I was texting everybody that night. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I'll be surprised if we ever, if we ever get something remotely close to that again. I mean, Herbert converted on what four or no, sorry, six, fourth downs uh, in that game. I mean, it was uh, pretty absurd. Uh, I, yeah, like I said, I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, numerous times the Raiders should have won the game. In fact, uh, there was a tweet at one point uh, from uh, some statistics website that the Raiders with five minutes to go had like a 98.8% chance of winning. Uh, so this was tweeted out by the sporting news um, that the Raiders had with five minutes left to go a 98.8% chance of winning, uh, you know, in regulation, obviously. Right. And so the fact that the chargers had a 1.2% chance to come back and, uh, you know, tied and potentially win it was absolutely absurd. So we should have we should have had that bet in handedly. Uh, you know, <laughs> at at twenty at twenty nine to fourteen, it should have been a no doubter, no brainer. Uh, and so the fact that it even came down to what it came down to uh, was insane. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was sweating. Plus, I thought we were gonna get a tie. Like I was convinced we were gonna get a tie. 
Well, and we should have. So let's let's actually okay. Why don't we? Why don't we? I'll come back to that in a second. But first of all, the reason why we like Raiders on the money line is uh, that I'm not convinced of the Chargers uh, in a few different ways. I can't stand their uh, their run defense is pathetic. Their defense in general is just awful. Uh, it's 31st and 32nd. Um, their coaching. I'm sorry, Brandon Staley is. I think way in over his head. Yes, he's an analyst. Bailey guy. made some of the worst decisions that I've ever seen during that yeah. game. Yeah, and we're going to get to that too. Um, but their coaching is terrible. Um, and uh, I don't really love their running game either. Um, but of course, the one thing they do have is Herbert. And I, I think you can make a very strong argument that he is the best quarterback after Rodgers and Mahomes uh, currently in the NFL. I think there's a very strong argument to be made that he is. And, and so having a great quarterback will keep you in every single game. But when every other facet of your game uh, is poor, that becomes, I think, a big problem. And so, um, you know, they obviously, you know, I, well, so that's one reason why we, that's one reason why we really like Raiders. I also like Derek Carr at home in a game like this. I think he, you know, could smell the playoffs. He really cared about getting into the playoffs. He was going to come out and have a good game. And he had a pretty solid game, I would say. Uh, the obviously the Raiders run game. I actually like Rick Versace. Rick, uh, Versace. I think um, uh, he is solid. I don't think he should be necessarily Rick Versace. Sorry, keep mispronouncing him. As Bill Simmons likes to call him the pit boss guy. Um, I I don't think he should necessarily uh, get the uh, interim tag taken off him and be made the permanent head coach at uh, at or at uh, Vegas. But I do think that he should either be kept on staff as, as you know, a top assistant coach uh, on the Raiders or be potentially interviewed for another head coaching job somewhere else. Um, and the only reason why I say somewhere else instead of Las Vegas is I think the Raiders are going to go hard after uh, Jim Harbaugh because uh, he has a past history with them. Uh, he's coached with them before. Uh, I think he's going to leave Michigan and we can come back to that later, but Rick, uh, God, it's so hard to pronounce his name. Rick Basaccia, I think definitely Rich Basaccia definitely deserves, um, obviously to say on, of course, as an assistant, but potentially to be interviewed for other, you know, head coaching jobs uh, in other places. So, uh, and I like their special teams, actually. I actually think the Raiders special team is, uh, special teams are, are pretty solid. So for those reasons, I like them a lot. And uh, you talked about how, Braden Staley made a lot of dumb decisions. So why don't we dig into those? So uh, the going forward on fourth and one, one and one half, on the 20 something yard on line. the eight to 18 yard line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on his own 18, on his own 18 yard line. Um, let's talk about that. So, you know, sir, I think they showed the graphic that, you know, if you go if, at that point in time, the Raiders had a 35% chance of winning the game. <laughs> Getting that first down gave him, I think, a 45% chance, and not getting it gave him a 20-something percent chance. So all in all, it was a risky play, uh, and that's not the biggest issue that I have. The biggest issue I have is, is that you know there's opportunities for a tie in this game. There's going to be more opportunities to get the ball back, and so to go for it on fourth and one in that situation from your own 18, you are giving away three free points if you don't get it, and by nothing, nothing in your running game all night has shown that you're going to get it. What were you thinking when he said he was going to go for it right then and there? Uh, well, I mean, what I was thinking is it was going to be the, the classic 
try to draw him off sides. Like I, I was convinced, but then in the back of my head, I'm like, but, but it's Staley. So I was like, I was kind of on the edge of my seat when they lined up. Cause you just never know what that dude, typically when a coach is going to line up anywhere near something that risky, they're really just trying to draw people off sides. And so that's what I was expecting with the second, uh, Herbert snapped the ball. I was, I, I got out of my seat and I just put my hands on my head. Like, I cannot believe you just did it. Right. Well, and you know, I mean, I think, uh, Bill Simmons has the adage, you know, if the other team is happy that you're doing it, it's generally the wrong move. And I was ecstatic that he was going for it because I'm like, hell, even if he gets it, who cares? He's still got to drive the length of the field, uh, to get, you know, any points. And if he doesn't get it, it's three free gimme points. Yeah, you're right. It was a very high risk, low reward, uh, play. I mean, of course you keep the drive alive, which is big, but it's not like they were on the 40 yard line. They were on the 18. I know. It's like, if you get the first down, okay, who cares? It's like, you still, you still got to keep going, you know, for another 40 yards before you're in field goal range, at least 45 yards, even. So I have no idea what that was about. It made absolutely zero sense. Steely has done so many dumb boneheaded or made so many dumb boneheaded decisions like that all year. Um, and then we're of course going to go into the, uh, ill-fated timeout that he called towards the end of overtime but before that we gotta we just gotta give herbert props i mean the fact that he converted on like six fourth out and made throw after throw after throw after throw to even force overtime um herbert was 34 of 64 now the percentage there isn't great but um 383 yards three touchdowns and just some unbelievable throws uh that he made in that fourth quarter to uh uh, to tie the game up. I mean, you just have to tip your hat to him and say the guy is, it, it's actually a real damn shame that they're not in the playoffs. Um, and that really, yeah, he would have been, he would have been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the, I, I, the Steelers, I mean, say what you want about the Steelers. I, I think, I think the chargers would have been a better playoff team. Uh, I was hoping for the tie. I was actually, even though I had money on the uh, money line, I was after the game, I was just like, these both these teams kind of deserve it. Yeah. So my take is, uh, I mean, obviously from a betting perspective, I was glad the Raiders got a win. But, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think from a pure fan enjoyment, to see both those teams in the playoffs would have been would have been great. Um, so why don't we use this moment to talk about how the overtime went? So you're going into over. So first of all, actually, let me take a step back. So both teams did a great job, in my opinion, in regulation of really, really putting their foot on the gas pedal and trying to win the game. You could tell both wanted the game really bad. There was a ton of verm, ton of vigor, a ton of energy in the entire game from beginning to end. Nobody was just walking into this. Okay, let's tie, you know, kind of thing, or let's uh, let's just kind of play close to the vest. Everyone went all out, uh, which is exactly what you want to see in this kind of game. And then when it got to overtime, then it kind of, you saw it a little bit, I think, slow down a little bit where you saw both teams go, okay, well, now that we're only 10 minutes away from a potential tie here, do we really need to go all out here to try and win this game? And I think, um, I think, I think the answer was no, uh, because both teams were playing it pretty close to the best at that point. But then uh, the Raiders got the ball back with uh, about four, uh, four minutes and some change. Yep. And uh, they get into a third and four situation. Um, and from the Chargers, I would say 40-something yard line, 45, 48, somewhere in there. Right? Too long to kick a field goal. If they don't get the first down, they're just going to punt the ball. 
And for whatever reason, for whatever inexplicable reason, Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, calls a timeout. I, uh, after the game, he said that he was trying to give his, or trying to give his best run defense on the field, probably give his defense a break, whatever it might be. I'm telling you, there was no way the Raiders at that point were playing for a win. None. No, Zero. no. I mean, both runs right before it. Uh, I showed it. It was correct. Yeah. The, if he would have left that exact uh, set on the field and let the Raiders run their next play, a hundred percent clocks running out. Yeah. Well, they're going to punt. Right. I think at that point there was three something left on the clock that would have run it down to something in the twos. They would have punted, probably pinned the chargers back on like their five. And I think the Chargers would have run it out and been uh, both teams. Well, yeah, I think for sure the, the Chargers need it when they get that down. I don't think they're going to risk an interception. No, uh, no, no. exactly. exactly. But then Staley calls a timeout and then the Chargers go, well, fuck you, dude. If you're going to fucking call timeout on us and try to win this game, then we are going to win this game. And by the way, we're the ones with the ball. We're the ones in your territory. We can we can basically control this thing. You can't. Screw you. We're going to win this thing. And sure enough, Josh Jones runs for the first, or Josh Jacobs runs for the first down. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, a few minutes later or a couple of minutes later, um, you know, they're kicking the uh, Carlson's kicking the uh, game winning 47 yard field goal. Uh, and so my reaction when this happened was good. Like I'm a big karma person. I'm a big believer in karma matters. And if, if you get the opportunity to stick it to somebody uh, and you don't do it, um, you know, after they've, in my opinion, kind of sort of wronged you, uh, then that doesn't bode well, right? Now that they had that opportunity and they went for it and they and they won, then in my opinion, that really bodes well for them next week against Cincinnati, which we'll talk about. But I was really, in addition to, of course, our bets that we had on this, I was really, really happy to see them go for the win there still at that point, because really, they by kicking the field goal, they go instead of kneeling uh, with five seconds to go. They go from a hundred percent chance of winning by kneeling, or hundred percent chance of uh, making the playoffs by kneeling, to a not quite hundred percent chance of making the playoffs. You know, if it had been blocked and run back. Now it's very slim odds of that happening, yep. but still, like there's no chance of missing the playoffs if you just kneel. And they kicked it. They kicked it. Uh, so they basically were given the big middle finger and the big fu to Brandon Staley and the Chargers, and I'm sure they were happy to knock their rival out of the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that had to do with, I mean, Bosa, uh, after the first game this year, all the stuff that he said about Carr, I think that. What did he say? I don't remember. You know, I don't remember the exact quote. I just remember right after the game, he was like super critical, critical about Derek Carr. And apparently Carr took that like pretty personal, like even right after the game and had some comments back. And so, uh, I mean, you got to wonder how much that played into the overall decision too. Yeah. And, and look, they are rivals in general and they've been rivals for decades. Uh, so it's not like they would want to be doing each other any favors. So it was actually, that's why it was still a little surprising that both teams kind of played around and didn't really, in my opinion, go for it in the early part of overtime. Obviously you still have to look out for yourself there and say, Hey, well, we can make the playoffs too by, by playing for the tie. But at the same time, it's like, no, I don't want my rival to be able to get into the playoffs. Uh, plus, and this is another thing that people didn't realize, if the Raiders had tied, they would have been going to 
uh, Kansas City to play. Now they're going to Cincinnati. I think they had no chance at all in being Kansas City. Yes. They have a chance to beat Cincinnati. In fact, I am, spoiler alert, going to pick them uh, over the uh, over the Bengals. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind. So the, the chance by kicking Ooh, the field goal. That, 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 that I don't know. That well, hang on. We'll get, we'll get to that. So by kicking the field goal, they had a chance to knock a rival out for making the playoffs, stick it to Brandon Staley, who was just being a total douche, uh, and have a better, more favorable matchup and please the karma and football gods out there. So it was a win, 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 in my opinion, for the Raiders. Oh, win, because they won the game too. So five wins. Okay. <laughs> no, do you agree? No, I, uh, I do. Sorry, I, I was uh, I blanked a little bit because I was looking up Bosa's comments. I apologize. Oh, it's okay. What did he? What did he say? What did he say? Uh, uh, Bosa Bosa said uh, that when they put the pressure on it, it was after the the Chargers win earlier in the season against them. Right. Uh, he he said that I uh, that Derek Carr I. Uh, kind of shuts down once a team puts pressure on him he says that he he curls up into a ball uh as, wow. as the Chargers were putting that up and so he pretty much called him out for for kind of being weak on the field and so they asked Carr about it Carr responded to it but yeah that was that was a while ago that's kind of interesting because a lot of people like I'm reading a quote from Shannon Sharp everybody's kind of calling out Bosa now I uh, I uh, a lot of people think that played into it yeah. So, I mean, okay. I didn't even know about that, but certainly, I mean, that's definitely going to play into it. I don't know why uh, players speak out or talk trash early on in a season. It's like, especially if you know, you're going to play them again in the regular season for sure. But even if not, you might just play them in the playoffs or, you know, by some chance in the Super Bowl. It's like, why like football is such a game of emotion. Why give another team any more ammunition than they already need? to go out there and beat you. I don't understand that. Bulletin board material blows my freaking mind away. When you win the Super Bowl and you beat a team, then you can say whatever the hell you want because it's over, right? Yeah, yeah. But Or, or even if you knock a team out of the playoffs or something. But to be talking trash whatever game four or five during the regular season and you know you're going to play these guys again, uh, it just – I don't get that at all. It makes no sense. Yeah. And what is, what is Bosa won? I'm not saying he's not a great player, but what has he won? Nothing. Like absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah, even made the yeah, there was no point. There's no point for him to talk about it after some random midseason win. Right. I don't I don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, anyways, I think that was the, the craziest game. I think everyone, I mean, everyone knows that was the craziest game this week, but I think it's definitely the craziest game I've ever seen in the regular season before in my life, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, your Buccaneers benefited from the Rams taking a, a nosedive. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the Buccaneers jumped up to number two. Cowboys jumped up to number to number three, and the Rams dropped all the way down to number four. I I couldn't believe that. I tweeted out my pick: Rams minus three. Gimme, no brainer. And they're up seventeen nothing. I'm like, yeah, I got this, no problem. So, I, I, first of all, they gave up fourteen, well, three points at the end of the first half, which was dumb. That was a free three points that actually came back to haunt them because if they hadn't given that up, they would have won the game in regulation twenty four to um uh, 21 uh so that didn't make any sense uh but yeah uh yeah i just i just didn't um i just didn't understand their defensive strategy right so the niners are running all over them and uh, still passing all over them 
too. It felt like they were playing too much zone. Jalen Ramsey had a bad game. I didn't really understand at all what the Rams were doing there. I think, I think Sean McVay has a problem of, of kind of sitting on leads too. And then Matthew Stafford played terrible in the, in the second half as well. Um, that's, that was my follow-up tweet to that one is never bet on Matthew Stafford for anything. I mean, I've always ripped on him. I think he's terrible. I don't know if he'll ever win a playoff game. I'm not again, spoiler alert. I'm, uh, I'm not picking them to win this weekend either against the Cardinals. So, uh, I, I just, uh, dude is just not a winner End of story. There's nothing else to say about it. Cannot argue with that. So that knocked the, uh, like I said, the Rams from second down to fourth and bumped the Buccaneers from uh, third to second and bumped the Cowboys from fourth to third. I don't know if that's great for the Cowboys or not because they would have been playing the Cardinals, right? Or the Rams, if, if the Cardinals had won their game, uh, Cardinals would have won. By the way, that's a bad, you know, bad You know, I, I, I would rather play the Niners if I were the Cowboys. Um, I am picking the Cowboys this weekend, uh, because I do think ultimately they have a better offense that can throw on the Niners, but the Niners are definitely the best lower seed team left in the play or in the playoffs in the first round. I mean, this is, I'm sorry, but the, the, of all the five, six and seven seeds, they're the best, they're the best team for sure. AFC or NFC. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. So, um, but but actually, that's a terrible loss, too, for the Cardinals, right? Because if they had won that game, they would have won the division. So, I mean, what are they doing losing to the Seahawks 38-30? to 30? I mean, it just doesn't – bat- Honestly, it was a weird, weird last week of the NFL. Yeah, but I didn't understand it because usually teams that have a lot to play for against teams that have nothing to play for last week usually win. I mean, it's, it's yeah, almost Yeah, I know. That's what I'm case. saying. It was so weird. I mean, you had uh... – uh, the Colts, that's a, that's a whole thing that that was terrible. Well, that one was interesting. I was really tempted to tweet out that pick too of, of Jaguars plus 14 and a half or plus 14, uh, because the Colts as documented have not won in Jacksonville since, uh, 2014. So, uh, and I, I don't trust the Colts in under anything, just like I don't trust Matthew Stafford. So given that, I mean, I'm not, I have to say, I'm not that surprised. What I'm surprised about is how handedly the, um, the Jaguars beat them. I mean, the game was close. I mean, it wasn't even as close as the 26 to 11 number indicated. Right. And so, you know, it's 23 to three after the first three quarters. So that is, I think what is really interesting is how much they just got blown out of the building. How do you not get up for a game that puts you in the playoffs against a two and 14 team. I don't understand it. I was, I was so shocked. I, yeah, that, that was the biggest shocker of the weekend to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree with you. It was the biggest shocker, especially because of the nature of how it happened. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, the Colts losing to the Jacks on any given week, like, I, I mean, not the biggest thing in the world, but to lose that game with what was riding on the line, for both teams being nothing for the Jags and everything for the Colts. It's just like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that they laid as big of an egg as they did. Well, and the Jaguars got a double win out of it because the Packers who sat all their starters for the second half and many of them for the first half, because, because the Lions beat the Packers, the Jaguars won the game and still retained the number one seed. (laughs) 
So, I mean, it's like, because they went three and 14 and the Lions went three, 13 and one. So um, I thought that was kind of funny too. Rogers looks stellar. Um, I was actually in Marco Island this past weekend. I was not watching any of the earlier game, earlier games because the Packers game didn't matter. So I was like, yeah, I get to take this Sunday off uh, from watching football. Packers had the number one seed light up, didn't give a hoot what happened. And uh, pretty much basically went as expected, did fine with the regulars in there and uh, didn't have a lot of their starters for most of the game. And then obviously in the second half when none of them played, you know, you know, Lions wanted to, to win the game, let them have it. Who cares? Um, would have been cool to be the first team ever to win 14 games in the regular season, but all right, whatever. Um, I guess I can live with that. Uh, and uh, they are going to be all rested uh, with the bye this week and ready to go to whoever they play uh, the uh, divisional round. So let's get into the first run of the playoffs. Let's talk about the matchups. Uh, let's talk about uh, point spreads. Let's talk about who we're picking, what we're thinking. Okay, okay. let's uh, do it. And I, and I zoned out when you were talking about your Raiders and Bengals pick. So let's let's get a quick recap on that one last time. Well, I haven't. So that, I was just giving you a little bit of a spoiler. I, I didn't officially lay a pick on that. But I will uh, I will talk about that now. So let's let's go in chronological order here of the games. Uh, the first game is 4:30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. It's the Raiders and the Bengals. This is uh, I love quoting Bill Simmons just because I he's still actually one of my favorite podcasters out there. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so, anyways, uh, as he likes to say, this is probably the Shakey's game. Uh, and for those that don't uh, listen to Bill Simmons, the Shakey's. Shakey's game is he and uh, his pals would always go to Shakey's Pizza uh, for the Saturday afternoon game. Uh, and uh, usually it's kind of one of the worst games uh, on the slate. Um, and so I, I don't want to say this is the worst game on the slate. I think I actually think Philadelphia Tampa is going to be the worst game, but um, it's certainly kind of. Yeah. The- yeah. Tickets are even like relatively cheap for that game and i just almost have no interest in going to it just because i I just don't think it's going to be a great game well we'll talk about fair weather tampa bay fans in a minute but um (laughs) in in, in, in the meantime let's talk about the raiders and the Bengals. so it is kind of probably one of the more odd matchups of the first round of the playoffs so we talked about the raiders and how they got in um and uh the Bengals who didn't need the game really at all this past weekend uh, when the Chiefs won. So they were really kind of playing for nothing, and they lost to, to Cleveland uh, to Case Keenum, who was probably better than Baker Mayfield anyways. So the line for this game opened at six and a half uh, and is now at five and a half at most five books. Yeah, yeah, five at five at a couple places. Uh, so let's just call it, let's just call it five and a half here. Uh, so uh, my general take, I'll go first, and then I want to hear uh, yours, of course. So my general take is even at mine, even at plus five and a half, uh, I like the Raiders there. I like them to win this game outright. Uh, I like them on the money line. I think uh, a couple things here. One is I think, yes, from a whole karma perspective um, and just, you know, feel good perspective, the Raiders are going to come into this game with a ton of momentum. Um, I think they're going to believe in themselves or, kind of play the nobody believes in us thing here. I think the Bengals defense, especially their past defense is highly, highly overrated. I do like the Bengals defensive line. I do think they can possibly get to Carr um, and sack him. I do think that crowd will be pretty revved up to win their first playoff game in 
God knows how long. Um, and I, and Jim and, and Joe Burrow is obviously amazing, but I do think it's one year too early for Cincinnati. I do think we're talking about them. I, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game for another year. Usually this stuff goes in steps. Usually you have to first make the playoffs then and pay your dues there. Then you win a playoff game. Then you hopefully get to the next round, the next round, and eventually win a title, right? It takes, it, it happens in progressions. Very rarely do you make the playoffs your first year uh, or make the playoffs for the and first time. And make a big run. Yeah, you, uh, that's a pretty good point. Can you think yeah. of a team that, can you think of any team that's done it no. in recent memory? No. <laughs> no. I mean, even Mahomes had to pay his dues. So, yeah. look, I mean, I, it just, it, it would be surprising in that regard. Um, sometimes, however, what can happen is teams have a, a kind of emotional win like the Raiders had, and then they come out a little flat, um, especially if they have to travel and travel across three time zones. Um, but it's not going to be a late, it's not going to be an early game. Um, it's going to be 4.30 p.m. Uh, uh, Eastern, which is 1.30 Pacific time. So there's not going to be any kind of issue there from a body clock standpoint. Um, and I think the Raiders have enough to to hassle. And uh, I think Renfro is outstanding. I think he can uh, light up the, the uh, Bengals. Obviously Jamar Chase is out of this world. Good. Uh, but uh, I like, I like the, uh, I like, and I think that, I think the Raiders have a better kicker too. I think Carlson is better than whatever the guy's name is on uh, the Bengals. Yeah. Car- so, Carlson's money. Yeah. And so I would say Raiders 31 uh, Bengals 28. That's going to be my prediction. Uh, but I picked them on the money line and most definitely with the five and a half points. What do you think, Jess? Uh, I, I can get behind the five and a half points for sure. Uh, money line with the Bengals at home. Like I get, I get paying your dues. Uh, but I think those dues will be paid in the second round. I think the Bengals are going to get past the Raiders personally uh, money line. But yeah, if my money had to go somewhere on this game, which I honestly don't think it will. I think it would definitely be on the plus five and a half right now. Yeah. Plus five and a half is a for sure, not for sure thing, but it's a, it's a really, really solid value play there for sure. Um, and then I just like them on the money line for the aforementioned reason. So uh, I got them plus five and a half. You've got them plus five and a half. And I've also got, and that is the Raiders. I mean, and I've also got the Raiders on the money line. Uh, so that should be, should be a good game. I think it's a, it's a good way to kick off the weekend. Game two, 8.15 PM Eastern time. The very quickly having rebuilt themselves, New England Patriots at the struggle to win at home for some reason, Buffalo Bills uh, line started minus four and a half for <laughs> Buffalo and it's settled at about minus four at most books. So uh, what we'll start with you on this one. You get to go first. What are your thoughts on New England at Buffalo? This one, this one is a tough one. Uh my side, I am taking the Bills spread. I just think that overall they're a more talented team. Obviously, the Patriots are very well coached. Um, uh, and these, I mean, we had a really good first game between these two, really tight in Buffalo. Obviously, the Patriots won that. Uh, and then the Bills, the Bills. In another relatively tight game, not necessarily score score wise, uh, like obviously the Bills won in in Foxborough, but I see the Bills recovering at home and just having a little bit too much firepower 
compared to what the Patriots can give back to them. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Uh, what is the over under that? That's what I'm. Uh, uh, the total for that game is 40, 40, and a half, 43 and a half, 44, depending on which book. Yeah. It looks like it's gone up a little bit. Uh, started at 43 and a half. Looks like it's. Yeah. I would probably like, I'd probably like the under on that too. So a couple things here. Um, so I, I picked Packers buff bills as my Super Bowl pick. And I definitely do not believe the bills can make the Super Bowl at this point. I agree. Um, I I'm really disappointed in that team. I think that they have grossly underachieved. They are, their offense is really just not good. Um, you know, it, it, it compared to what it should be. I mean, you got Stefan Diggs, you got Josh Allen, that alone should be the top three to five quarterback receiver combination league. I mean, what the hell's going on with that? Um, their running back sucks. Um, and they just, their offense is just not good, especially at home for some reason, like their offense seems better on the road. So it's probably good that they're going to have to head on the road after this. Um, so that being said, new England is definitely, if you don't believe Cincinnati is a year ahead, new England is most definitely a year ahead. Mac Jones has not looked good the last several games. Um, yes. he is yeah. not ready for a playoff game in any way, shape or form. Um, New England's defense hasn't even looked that great. Their special teams is off. Um, I'd also even say they just make a lot of weird mistakes. Bill Simmons brought this up on the podcast, his podcast the other day. They make a lot of dumb, weird mistakes. Um, I, I just that I don't, I don't, I wouldn't trust that team to make like a critical stop in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't trust them to make a critical throw in the fourth quarter. Um, I think this is actually not lopsided, but uh, pretty strong in Buffalo's favor. Um, I actually like Buffalo 23-13 in this game. So I will take Buffalo minus four. Yep. Yep. Okay. We're on the same page there again. Cool. All right. Moving on to the Sunday games. So the Eagles um, at your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a line started out minus 10 has since changed to minus nine. So that means there is some money going towards the Eagles, um, which is interesting. Um, although I have to say, I think 10 is probably a little too much anyway. So I think that's probably about not, minus nine is probably about right. Maybe nine and a half. I, I, I see it at eight and a half right now. Well, eight and a half is uh, one or two books. The rest are many of them are at nine, but okay. All, all right. Eight and a half or nine, uh, depending on which book you're looking at. Um, so anyways, uh, I will go first on this one. Uh, so clearly Tampa Bay is going to win the game. Um, they're not going to lose at home. Uh, Brady and company did not come all this way to lose at home to the lowly Eagles. Um, I'm torn on the spread. I, I, I could easily see a backdoor cover. I could easily see a little yeah. bit of the Buccaneers sleepwalking through this one. Yeah. That's the issue with, with this. It's kind of an awkward spread. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that, the Bucks do win easily, and I, I don't even think this is like my my uh, Brady fan bias here. But it's I I think they win by ten plus. I think the eight and a half is going to be a pretty uh, easy cover for them. Yeah, you're right. A lot of books do have it at eight and a half now. Um, so interesting. Yeah. So I I would say uh, I like Philadelphia's scrappiness though. I, they are definitely they are scrappy for sure, but it's I, like, yeah, I, I don't know that they're also another team. They're another team that isn't ready for the playoffs. Like, no, 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 they're, they're, yeah. they're a year ahead of schedule too, for sure. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're a scrappy regular season team, but when it comes to playoff scrappiness, the bucks are also going to be able to match that scrappiness. 
where a lot of teams just didn't during the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah, Philadelphia's just, got a pretty good defense, though. So my take on this, I wouldn't touch this one with a 10-foot pole in terms of betting on it, but obviously I have to give a pick, so I will. I'm, and especially if I'm not putting money on it, I feel okay with uh, a little bit going against the grain here saying Tampa, of course, wins the game, but Philly will cover the eight and a half. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I yeah, I, I'm taking, I'm taking the points on. Uh, keep in mind, they could be down 14 and have a backdoor cover cover. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. I know. That's, that's <laughs> definitely the only thing I just, I just don't see it. Well, they could be, they could be down 11 and kick a field goal. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, okay. What I think is the best game of the weekend is next, which is San Francisco at Dallas. Uh, this brings back memories of the eighties and nineties when these two teams always played in the playoffs. And uh, again, uh, this is due to uh, the Rams dropping all the way down to four. I'm sorry. I don't care what you say. I think it is way, way, way worse for Dallas to be playing San Francisco. I still think they win, but I still think it's way worse for them to be playing San Francisco than it is to be playing Arizona. I think they would beat Arizona um, for sure. Um, Even though Arizona beat them the other day uh, or a couple weeks ago, uh, I do think, um, I do think it's a better matchup for Dallas. Anyways, so on to this matchup. So you get to go first. Uh, most books have this uh, at Dallas at minus three. In fact, it started at minus three and it has not changed. What do you think on this one, Jess? Um, this one is a tough one. This is a good game. I am going to take a little toss up. This is probably another one that I don't think I'm going to have uh, money on. Uh, but again, if I had to, I'm going to take the Niners on this one with the spread. I Yeah, this one's going to be close. Nah, so I really – actually, I think that game did open up three and a half um, at, at several books. Anyways, um, three, three and a half, whatever. Uh, but it's definitely yeah, three Yeah, it, it looks like three and a half, and yeah, I, I'm seeing three. So it's moving San Francisco's way for sure. Yeah, no, this is this is Dallas all the way. Dallas wins by touchdown. A couple of things here. San Francisco has, first of all, the record isn't even that good. Um, what did they finish? Uh, 10 and uh, 7? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think they actually played worse than that. I think they got a little bit lucky to be at 10 and 7. Uh, so my take is this. Garoppolo can't be trusted. I don't care what anybody wants to say. Yes, he can have a good game or two. I'm not saying he can't. But against that defense, I think the Cowboys have a very, very, very solid uh, front seven. He's going to struggle. Um, and he's not great in big games anyways. So uh, so there's that. Secondly, that 49ers secondary can be had, period. End of story. To any competent quarterback, that secondary is not that good at all. End of story. And so um, I think for those two reasons, I think Dak Prescott has a pretty big game. I think Garoppolo really struggles. I actually think, even though I don't think Dallas has a good home field advantage, comparatively speaking, I think that crowd will be revved up for their first home game in whatever, five years. Uh, And I think, I actually think Dallas blows the doors off of San Francisco. Even though I said at the beginning, this is on paper, a good game. I actually think Dallas wins this game 34-17. And so, yeah, they clearly clearly cover the uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're not even close. Yeah. You think Dallas is going to kind of blow it open. Yeah, for sure. I I just do. I just think they have a much better team uh, without question. And uh, I'm not saying that San Francisco won't put up a couple of touchdowns. 
but uh, this this has this this has the makings of everybody saying it's going to be a great game, and it turning out to be a blowout for the home team because everyone everyone is talking up the Niners saying how hard they are, how good they are, etc. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it, and so uh, I believe Dallas kicks the crap out of them. By the way, Mike McCarthy is always good for one game in the playoffs where he doesn't have to worry about managing anything and he can just rely on the talent of his team. This is that game for him. And so uh, it's not going to happen when the Cowboys have to go to Lambeau for the uh, NFC championship game. Uh, But in this game, at least he gets a reprieve from having to make any important decisions and Dallas rolls uh, 34-17. Okay. On to what I think is probably the worst game of the week. Easily. Easily is Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, nobody wanted to see Pittsburgh in the playoffs other than to say, okay, it was kind of a funny way that they got in, uh, in the whole Raiders, uh, Chargers uh, craziness there. Uh, the line on this started around 13 and 13 a half. Yeah, yep. and it's at 12 and a half in most places now. Um, now, that being said, I don't necessarily – God, I, I would not take the Chiefs minus 12 and a half in any game right now. I – I told you, I took the Broncos plus 10 and a half uh, last Saturday. And I actually, I, and I said 70% chance the Broncos went out right. And I almost got that too. So um, I don't think Kansas city has that same energy, that same swagger that they've had in years past. I'm not saying they won't win the game. They will. Um, and I'm not even saying they won't get to the AFC championship game. I think they do. But in terms of dominant Kansas city teams, ignore the loud, uh, motorcycles going and cars going by in Brickell. By the way, that is one odd thing about Miami. I love Miami. But the one odd thing is how people here feel the need to rev up their engines louder than anything. And I'm on the 40th floor and I can still hear the crap outside. So uh, (laughs) uh, love it here, but that is odd. So anyways, I think um, the Chiefs uh, clearly win the game. There's no question about that. Pittsburgh has problems scoring, but I just don't still love this Kansas City offense. I think uh, teams have started a little bit figure out, you know, how to double Tyreek Hill, uh, take Kelsey out of the game a little bit. Um, they still score enough points because they're good, but um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't love uh, I don't love the Chiefs right now, um, but I think they win. I'll say twenty three to fourteen. Uh, Pittsburgh covers, but uh, the Chiefs win. I'm on the same page. That's it. That's your only analysis. I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. That that's all mine from that game. I mean, you, that was really good analysis, and it's kind of how I'm feeling. I uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers' defense is good enough, and I think they're another one of those uh, uh, gritty teams, uh, where I definitely think they're always going to be within. I mean, a logistical striking distance, even though I think it's going to always be pretty apparent they have no chance at winning. Uh, but I do I do see them losing maybe by, I don't know, 10 points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see them losing by nine uh, in this case, 23-14. But, um, but yeah, this is a nine, 10-point loss. I think 12.5 is too much. 12.5 is definitely too much, actually. Um, I could easily see them being down 17 and scoring a touchdown late uh so i wouldn't take i wouldn't take i wouldn't i wouldn't take the Steelers with the points either i wouldn't i just wouldn't touch the game from a betting perspective um but yes chiefs win but don't cover okay last game and this is monday night and we got to talk about the schedule for the divisional round because i think it's really interesting 
that they changed it from three Saturday games and three Sunday games to two Saturday, uh, three Sunday, and one Monday. So it's the Cardinals at the Rams. It opened up Rams minus four and a half. It's now Rams minus four in most places. You go first on this one. What are you thinking about Cardinals Rams? Cardinals Rams. Um, is is Hopkins back? Uh, probably not. Although I haven't checked. Yeah, that's. You really think it makes that big of a difference? No, I no, I I do think it makes a little bit of a difference though, because I actually think the Cardinals offense has looked a lot more shaky and inconsistent. Okay, so it's, it's, it's official. He's, as of eight hours ago, he's out. He's, not he's out. Okay. All right. And, and I don't think it makes a huge difference. But when I, – I do think the Cardinals uh, – like, like they – he bail, like he can bail them out of certain situations and he can keep drives alive very well. Uh, and I think without him, I think their offense takes a big enough hit – uh, to the point where it's just I, – I don't know. I think they lose so much explosiveness. So, from where I'm sitting, I will take the Rams at home. And I know I know what you're going to say. Minus, we already, minus, we, we are, minus four or just uh, – uh, Yeah, I, I see it different on a few different books. Uh, are you seeing minus four across the board? Yeah, minus uh, three and a half at DraftKings, minus four and a half at BetMGM. Yeah, and, and yeah. Minus, okay. minus four everywhere else. Kind of, yeah, four and a half to three and a half. Kind of a weird uh, discrepancy there between the books. But I, um, I, I think I would take the Rams at four and a half or three and a half. I think the Rams are going to win this one. Uh, I think they've just got too much talent uh, on that team. And I just don't think that – I just don't think – I think the Cardinals are another team that's not ready. Now, obviously, we can say like say all we want about Matthew Stafford, but he is capable of having a big game. And I think the defense uh, for the Rams is going to uh, be a big factor in the game. So this, in my opinion, I think is the easiest game to – well, second easiest game after Bills Patriots. I think the Bills minus four um, is the easiest uh, point spread game to pick all weekend. Uh, but I think this is the second easiest, and we'll split the difference. And most books have it at plus four, anyways. Uh, I'm not only taking the Cardinals at plus four; I'm taking them to win outright. Uh, and here is why: uh, Matthew Stafford has won a total of not one, not two, not three, not four, not five playoff games. He has won zero. That's right. Zero playoff games ever in his entire life. There is a reason why he has won zero, count them, zero playoff games in his entire life. It's because he does not know how to win big games and he chokes. It is just that simple. And look. How, how many playoff games has he played in? Uh, one. This will be a second. Uh, uh, yes, he's played in one. This will be his second, I believe. Yeah. It'll be a second. I yeah, mean, so he lost. I he lost the 2014 uh, playoff game to uh, the uh, to the Cowboys. To the I Cowboys. don't. I don't believe he's won any other ones. Anyways, bottom line is he's won zero. 
even if it is because he hasn't gotten a lot of playoff games, that says something too. Um, he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. Uh, he is going to, I think, be in for a nasty surprise. I think the Cardinals defense is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think they started to, yes, they lost to the Seahawks last week, but they didn't really, I don't, I don't think they really thought the Rams would win. I don't know if they really cared about um, but hosting the Rams. It's not like the Cardinals have some amazing home field match anyways. If, I mean, if anything, the Cardinals won in L.A. this year and lost to the Rams at home. So uh, I don't think they were really that into the Seattle game. They probably were already ready for the playoffs because uh, they had already obviously locked up a spot. Um, I think I think they uh, I think they want to prove something. I think um, Kyler Murray is way better, way better than Matthew Stafford is. Uh, and uh, no. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Like, yes. Is, is Kyler Murray? Are you serious? Matthew Stafford? Yes, of course he is. But I mean, way better. Saying? I think, I, man, you got to be one of the biggest Stafford haters ever. Uh, he's horrible. The fact that I even told people to bet, <laughs> the fact that I even told, the fact that I even told people to bet on him, the only reason I, the only reason I did was more of an indictment of the Niners. And I thought the Niners were just really that bad and that overrated. And I was right for the first half. I mean, I was dead on. I mean, I had that one locked up and loaded, and it was easy, right? Um, but uh, but Matthew Stafford proves why you should not ever bet on him, and uh, I, 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 why anybody would is beyond me. Um, oh my gosh, it's Sean, Mc- <laughs> Sean, Sean McVay is so overrated. I mean, that guy has to be the most overrated coach in all of history. All of history. The fact that people talk about <laughs> talk about the fact that the the fact that people talk about the Sean McVay tree and Sean McVay this and Sean McVay that he's been in one Super Bowl. Uh, I God is he? Uh, he's won one playoff game since then. Uh, since then, something like that. I don't know. Two maybe. I don't know. It's he's he's just not that good. Um, I don't even like his like in game strategy decisions. Like I, I mean, yeah, he seems competent on the sidelines in terms of like timeouts and stuff, but in terms of like you know, uh, how to go for the kill when you're up and stuff like that. He's got no killer instinct at all. Um, I don't like Cliff Kings, Cliff Kingsbury. That is the one thing that scares me about taking the Cardinals plus four or even taking them to win up outright is Cliff Kingsbury doesn't know what, doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's got to be the worst coach in the entire playoff, uh, tournament at this point. Uh, uh, no, Mike McCarthy, but it's close. <laughs> They're close. They're neck and neck. For worst. They're neck and neck for worst coach. And uh, that's the only thing that I don't like, though. I like the fact that the Cardinals are playing on the road. I think they're better on the road. Um, I just think the Rams are ready to lay an egg. I think that whole team is going to get blown up. Um, they're uh, the absolute antithesis of what you should be trying to do in the NFL, which is both combine drafting plus trades, and they've traded away every single draft pick, so they never can draft anybody. Uh, McVay constantly used to throw Goff into the bus and then lay an egg himself. And Stafford, I'm sorry, he's no, uh, he's a little bit better than golf, but um, it's still, he's just, it's, this screams, screams Cardinals plus four. Um, and forget that I am not only taking the plus four, I am also uh, taking the Cardinals on the money line to win outright. So what do you think about that, Jess? <laughs> I mean, obviously I disagree. I, I like the Rams. I think it, I mean, I don't think their home field advantage is great by any means, uh, but they've played well enough there for me. And their team, 
is healthy. And I just think they're better overall than the Cardinals right now. Uh, like, and, well, they and do, I, they I do get lucky it. in that there aren't going to be any, there aren't going to be any Cardinals fans at the game. I mean, it's actually not a far trip, so maybe they'll get some, but Cardinals fans don't travel. Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm taking, I'm taking Rams even, even up to uh, minus four and a half. Yeah. I just, uh, I'd say no on that. So now what's interesting from a scheduling perspective. So since that's the Monday night game, right. If all of the, uh, if the uh, Cardinals, um, Buccaneers and Cowboys win, the Packers would be playing uh, the Cardinals, right? And or even if it's the Rams, if it's the it doesn't matter. As long as the Cowboys and Buccaneers win, the Packers will be playing the winner of the Cardinals Rams game. And so there's no way that that game could be on a Saturday because then the Cardinals Rams would only have five days off, right? So then that almost for yeah, sure means yeah. the Packer game will be on Sunday and probably Sunday night. Um, however, what's also interesting is if the Niners beat the Cowboys, they won't. Um, and uh, the Eagles don't pull up the greatest upset in the world, then the Packers will be playing the Niners. And that game is on Sunday. Then I think the Packers might be on Saturday because the Cardinals-Rams winner would have to play um, the Buccaneers, right? And so um, I think in that situation, I think they would put that game on Sunday and the Packers Niners on Saturday. So we'll have to see. I think it's interesting that they, I just think it's interesting that they put a Monday night game for the first round of the playoffs. I just think it makes things weird and tougher from a scheduling perspective for the divisional round. That is, I mean, it's super strange. Yeah, I get it. You know, they're trying to have a a late night primetime game and also have three days in a row of football, right? I mean, who doesn't want more days of football? But I don't know. I just uh, I think it makes things harder for the divisional round. Yeah, I would I uh, I would hate to be the team and coach that has to play that game. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't give them any turnaround, right? And they're going to have to go on the road most like no, for sure they have to go on the road. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say that. Technically, uh, let's see. If let's see, that's an interesting question. So if the Eagles, Niners, and Cardinals all won, then the Packers would host the uh, the Eagles, and the Cardinals or Rams would actually host the uh, the Niners. So I guess in that crazy world, then the Cardinals or Rams would have a home game in the divisional round. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you'd but have to lose. You'd have still, to lose. I, I mean, still, yeah, they do have to travel. But I mean, you're you're either way, you're losing uh, one day of preparation. So, I and yeah, I understand that like teams have to do that sometimes. But still, it's like well, it's okay during the regular season. It's just for the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it just, it, it just yeah, feels like just, too much. You, you want any advantage that you can get during those games, and I just I I don't know. I don't love the idea. Yeah, I think they should – hopefully they change it back next year. Maybe do a Friday night game, you know, type of thing. So – but then that would mean you'd have less rest from the from the week before. So, I don't know. I think yeah. We, yeah. I, I, think I, th- I think they'll ultimately settle on three Saturday games and three Sunday games uh, going forward, but we'll see. So, 
that is the playoff wrap up uh, for well, the week 18 and playoff prediction and uh, playoff weekend wrap up coming up uh, that we have. Uh, any other tidbits or betting or NBA or NHL or baseball or tennis that you want to discuss tonight, Jess? I, uh, you know, not necessarily. I mean, we can, we can definitely get into that. I mean, betting, betting is definitely my passion. So I could go on for hours, but. Well, why don't you give as, us, why don't you give us a good non NFL betting story from the past week that you want to tell the audience? You know, I feel like I have one. Give me, give me one second. I, I, Let's see here. <laughs> if you're willing, if you're willing to discuss so many, it, you, you know, no, no, no. I, I am, I am. Let me, let me uh, see here. I, let me, let me see if I can go back through my best slip real quick. Because <laughs> I bet on so many games every day. It's like I've been, I've been testing out uh, a little live bet theory this week. That mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if I'll keep it up, but I, I've kind of enjoyed it actually. Um, what, is, what is that theory? Yeah, well, I mean, so yeah, I, I talked about last time how I have a system um, and it's still going pretty well. I've, I've had a, I've had a pretty good week. Um, not as good as past weeks, but um, what I've been doing is getting on to a game uh, beforehand and waiting for a live bet entry so for instance if i'm if this is what i most do i find a favorite that i like so let's say let's say i have a, a team that's favored by seven and a half points who uh who i like the points on uh i'll actually i actually took a day where i put no pregame bets and i'll i'll, I'll write a list down of the teams that i like that are like decent marginalized favorites and I'll wait for one of them to go down early. So for instance, uh, Tennessee, uh, college basketball team, uh, they went down, uh, like, I, I don't know. It was like 18 to 22 this week. And it brought their, it brought their 16 point spread down to seven and a half. And it was early in the game. And, uh, it was a nine point difference between the spread and I already liked them at 16, uh, but I liked the cushion. And so I jumped on them at that point. And so I've kind of just been looking for live betting edges where if I feel like I already have an edge on a game, uh, I wait for a better entry point The Tennessee ended up winning by 20. So it didn't matter, but I mean, if that was the difference of them winning by uh, like 13 points on a 16 point spread, I would have hit it by six points still uh, at seven and a half. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. Obviously, it's not a perfect science. And sometimes that can backfire because sometimes they go down uh, (laughs) for a reason. (laughs) But uh, uh, it actually has been relatively consistent. And uh, it's something that I'm going to test out a little bit more this week. So are you doing that just on college basketball or other sports? Oh, yeah, well yeah, college basketball right now. Yeah, yeah. I've been delving a little bit into NBA. I will say um, I will say uh, it backfired on me tonight on, on the Jazz game. <laughs> but uh, I, I, hit, uh, I hit two out of three tonight. Um, let, me, let me tell you who I hit. Um, Furman. 
the Furman spread, they were, they were, uh, that's kind of funny because they, they were eight point favorites. So it's right on what it was. I was on Furman by eight before the game, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't put any money on it. Uh, Furman ended up going down. I think they were down six at halftime. Uh, the spread became uh, one and a half at halftime for, for Furman. Uh jumped on it and they ended up uh, winning by nine, which is hilarious because in both example, they still covered the original spread. Uh, but I do like the uh, area of comfort that it gives me. So if I'm going to bet these games anyway, um, I've enjoyed getting a little bit of cushion. I don't know if it's a great strategy, but it's something that I'm kind of like testing out and tracking right now. Uh, and so as far as stories and bad beats, I probably have those every freaking day. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to write one down for next week. But that is uh, that is a little betting strategy that has actually been lucrative this week. Obviously, the sample size is awful, but uh, something that I'll kind of keep posted on as well. We're going to have to have you get on the uh, Nothing But Locks podcast with Allie. Uh, cause that's a, I would love to, I would yeah. love to, I followed her pick. She's, she's money too. She had a good weekend on the NFL last week. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to have you on that podcast and you and her can, uh, discuss all the tips and, uh, she can talk NFL you can talk some college basketball, uh, go through your rundown. Uh, and, uh, I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a winner for next week. We got to have you on her pod. You'll do a double, hey. you'll do, you'll do double duty pod. Uh, podcasting you'll be you'll be you'll be on mine and then you'll be on hers as well too Let, let's do it let's do it nothing nothing i like talking about better so you can put me on every podcast nothing you like talking about better and nothing but locks yes yes exactly <laughs> awesome amazing jess well as always it's been a great podcast we will see you next time on the betting matters podcast appreciate your time jess it should be a bunch of good games I don't need to say go Packers because they've got to buy this week. Good luck with your <laughs> go good, Bucks, baby. Uh, good luck to your Bucks, I guess. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. I'll see, I'll, I'll see you in Lambo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be doing that for the NFC Championship game, maybe. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Have a good one, Mark. You too. You too.